0: Open your Bibles to the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter 37, verses 12 through 36. We are going through a Sunday evening sermon series on the life of Joseph. Tonight, we are going to be looking at life from a pit. Do you feel like you're in a pit? Do you feel like you have been beat down and there have been tough and difficult days going on? Well, that is very similar to what has happened here to Joseph. We're going to look at his life story, see some of his experiences, how this young man all of a sudden was the favorite of Jacob. And the favoritism cost him because his dad gave him the coat of many colors. And then he had the, the Lord gave him these dreams. Well, he told these dreams to his brothers and that developed hatred among his brothers. His brothers hated him because the dream was they were going to be bowing down before him along with even his father and his mother. And I think what happens when we see a picture here is as the Lord was, even though he was immature, he was only 17 years old. Even though he didn't have a lot of self-awareness, God was preparing this young man. And I believe God prepares young folks today. If you're a young person listening to this, you might be going through some unique, odd circumstances in your life, and I believe God has a greater purpose for you, and that greater purpose is preparing you to serve Him. I mean, just think about this uh, unique season of uncertainty. God is allowing us to go through this to refine His church, to refine His people with the purpose that they will emerge out of this, much more passionate for reaching our cities, our community with the gospel. You know, here in Lexington, I'm on the mayor's email list for her her clergy email list. And I received an email earlier uh, this week. And on Friday, uh, Mayor uh, Linda Gordon held a, a special remembrance service. And all the clergy were invited it was a social distancing uh, service. And it was remembering those, I believe, 156 folks here in our city have passed away from COVID. And these are folks who uh, probably were just like you and I, probably thought it would never happen to me. A lot of uncertainty what this virus is about. And here we are at the end of the year, and they are, um, are not with us anymore. And I think the importance of for us and what we see here, just like those people that passed away from COVID, where at the beginning of 2020, no one even knew what COVID was, unless you maybe followed news in China. And by end of the year, November, they have passed away from a mystery virus that came, uh, came out of nowhere and, uh, and seized our country. And for many of us, we are in the pit of uncertainty. And that's where Joseph is going to find himself. So go ahead and open your Bible. Genesis 37, verse 12. His brothers had gone to pasture their father's flocks at Shechem. Israel, that is Jacob, said to Joseph, Your brothers, you know, are pasturing the flocks at Shechem. Get ready. I'm sending you to them. I'm ready. Joseph replied, so what's happening here is Joseph is going to get a report from his brothers about what's going on. Then Israel said to him, go and see how your brothers and the flocks are doing and bring word back to me. So he sent him from the Hebron Valley and he went to Shechem. A man found him there wandering in the field and asked him, what are you looking for? I'm looking for my brothers, Joseph said. Can you tell me where they are pasturing their flocks? They've moved on from here, the man said. I heard them say, let's go to Dothan. So he shows up in Shechem, and he's expecting to find his brothers. And I'll tell you, that's an area he's more familiar with. And he meets a man, and he says, no, they're not here in Shechem. They've even gone farther away. They're in Dothan. So now what's happening is Joseph, a 17-year-old boy, Jacob's favorite son, is being told to keep going. Keep going. And that's that going to a far country. I think about the story of the prodigal son. It says he wanted his inheritance. And what did he do? He went to a far country. He went where nobody knows him, where there's no accountability. And he squandered his wealth. And I think the principle for us, what's important for us, is Lexington, for some of you, Could be a far country. Wherever you're living at, you could be away from mom and dad. You're away from daddy's house. You're away from mother keeping her eyes on you. You're just out there, and the accountability is not like it used to be. That is a dangerous predicament to be in when we are not accountable. And here, in this story, Joseph, he's going to a far country. He's going to Dothan. So Joseph sent out after his brothers and found them at Dothan. So he sees them out there. So here's what happens. They saw him in the distance. And before he had reached them, they plotted to kill him. Remember, there was extreme jealousy in their heart. They did not like Joseph. Joseph was their father's favorite son, born of Rachel, his favorite wife. Benjamin also came from Rachel. And Rachel died when Benjamin was being born. And what happened here was, he's got his coat of many colors on. That's how they recognized him. And here comes Joseph coming to see him. And they spot him far off. And I think what happened is they thought, okay, daddy's not there. We have an opportunity to kill our brother. That just shows unforgiveness and bitterness. It was still in their heart, and it was leading leading it to them to kill their their brother. And this is their plot. They said to one another, Oh, look, here comes that dream expert. So now, come on, let's kill him and throw him into one of the pits. What is a pit? A pit would be um, in the desert, a large area that during the rainy season would fill with water. So apparently this is during a dry season, and there was no water there. Or there was maybe uh, small amounts of water, So and it was very muddy. So if you were thrown into a pit, and there was no one there with a rope to pull you out, you were not getting out of the pit. So there, it's a large cistern to water, um, to water the livestock. And sure enough, they knew if they threw him in a pit, no one would, he would not be able to get out by himself. It was deep down, muddy, you couldn't climb up unless someone lowered a rope or a ladder for you to get up. So they're, they're plotting murder. They want to kill this young man. But what we're going to see is God has a great story, a master story when he's planning on doing something. goes on to say here, We can say that a vicious animal ate him, Then we'll see what becomes of his dreams. You know, he had told them his dreams beforehand, and they could not forget. This is the problem with bitterness and unforgiveness. When you've been hurt, that hurt and anger, it remains with you. And we see Joseph's brothers, even maybe days, weeks, months, years later, they could not let go, they could not forgive him of this dream. Every time they saw that coat, they remembered the dream. They remembered the pain. And I think one of the most important principles for us in the Christian life, in your sanctification, in your holiness, is learning how to forgive. God has separated your sin from the east to the west. And we, too, are called by the Lord. God expects us, when we have been hurt, When we have been sinned against, we must forgive. Notice I didn't say we should forgive. We must forgive. And the reason why is because Christ has forgiven you. How can Jesus forgive me, yet I can't forgive my brother who hurt me? Forgiveness is what saves us. Christ has forgiven us. We stand before the Lord. Not a guilty sinner, but a forgiven sinner. And our our goal is, Christ, our inner inter- relations with each other, He wants us to forgive others. I tell you, what happens? Unforgiveness this is what happens. This is how people kill each other. Not that I have any experience, but you're unforgiven. It seeps inside of you, and it leads to bitterness. The bitterness, you become just vengeful. Just that anger, that rage. You can't forget about it. You were wrong. You were victim. And the truth is, you might have been a victim. And then, you take action. That rage and that vengefulness, you think, I'm going to do something about it. I'm going to strike back. I'm tired of that man. And that's what we see here. That reveals the brothers' hearts. We see these ten older brothers, they were filled with hatred and bitterness towards Joseph, you know, and you would think it's their brother, you know, if you have, I actually don't have a brother, I have a younger sister, but of course siblings are going to have sibling rivalry, you're going to have disagreements, you're going to have folks say stuff, tattletale on you, you would think a brother or sister would be able to blow that off and think, well, you know, whatever, that's how he is, I grew up with him, but no, they couldn't do it. Their father showed favoritism towards Joseph, and they could not let go. And that's one of the that's why the book of James tells us we are not to show favoritism. The danger of favoritism is what really cost Joseph being thrown into this pit. Keep going here in your Bible. Now Reuben comes, comes on the sea. Now who is Reuben? Reuben is the oldest of the twelve sons. This is Jacob's oldest. Now what's interesting about Reuben? Reuben A few chapters earlier, he um, had sexual relations with his father's concubine. He was not the most moral man, but also he was loyal to his father, and he was probably the most mature. He might not have had a lot of integrity, but he at least had some, possibly some maturity to know, we don't need to kill the boy. I mean, the guy's a kid. You know, children are going to do childish things. You put a candy bowl or a cookie jar in the kitchen, do you know what? It's going to disappear. I remember um, when I was uh, oh, probably in middle school, I was asked to help take care of our neighbor's um, dog. They had an animal, and they were going out of town. So I would go over there and like change out the food and the water, take the dog outside, just They'd get the newspaper. Everybody used to read the newspaper. Get the mail in the newspaper, bring it in, put it in, a, put it in the kitchen. And these folks had a giant, it was like uh, Three Musketeers, it was just a giant uh, container of candy they kept right there in their kitchen, chocolate. And, you know, I'm in their kitchen. They're out of town, and there it is sitting on the table. So I, I had a few pieces. I thought, you know, they're gone. I mean, I'm help them out in the house. I'm sure they'd like to be a good host even though they're not even here. I'll help myself to this candy. I went home and I was convicted about that because I didn't ask permission. I helped myself to their candy. That was childish. It was immature. I felt conviction um, about um, stealing that candy without their permission. I'm not going to tell you if I apologize to them or not, but we'll find out later. But what That What happens here is Reuben, he was one of those guys that looked at his brother and said, he's a kid. That's what kids do. But the other brothers, they weren't that way. It goes on to say here, Reuben heard this, verse 21. He tried to save him from them. He said, let's not take his life. Like, let's not kill the boy. Reuben also said to them, don't shed blood. Throw him into the pit in the wilderness. But don't lay a hand on him. And look at this. Intending to rescue him from them and return him to his father. Reuben wanted to honor daddy. He thought, this is dad's favor. I don't want to see my father hurt. I love my dad. I need to honor my father. Honor your father and mother. Look, just throw him in a pit. While y'all leave, I'll sneak back around. I'll pull the boy out, take him home, and it's a miracle. He's safe and sound. That was, that was Reuben's plan. But look, look how the Lord is working. When Joseph came to his brothers, they stripped him off of Joseph's robe. That was the, the nice, colorful coat of many colors. The robe of many colors that he had, he had owned. Then they took him and threw him into the pit. The pit was empty without water, but it was muddy. Verse 25 They sat down to eat a meal. Could you not imagine they're sitting there eating a meal with their brother screaming, right, you know, 20 feet, 15 feet down? saying, guys, what's going on? I'm down in a pit. What, are y'all just going to eat without me? Did y'all not bring enough food? They didn't realize the real reason you're in the pit is not because we don't want you not to have food. We're going to kill you. And when they looked up, there was a caravan of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead. Their camels were carrying a, an aromic gum, bassam, and resin, going down to Egypt. Now, anytime in, you see Egypt in the Bible, Egypt is that place that you go to get away from God. Bad things always happen in Egypt. You escape to Egypt. If you go to war with Egypt, you lose. Egypt has strong military power. So this caravan was going down to Egypt, and Egypt was an immoral state, immoral country. And they see these people traveling in their caravan, going to sell stuff in Egypt. That's where you make your money at. Judah said to his brothers, this is the fourth oldest son, Judah. What do we gain if we kill our brother and cover up his blood? Come on, let's sell him to the Ishmaelites and not lay a hand on him. For he is our brother and our own flesh. And his brothers agreed. When Midian, the Midianite traders passed by, his brothers pulled Joseph out of the pit and sold him for 20 pieces of silver to the Ishmaelites who took Joseph to Egypt. So, Judah's thinking about making a buck. Why kill someone when you can sell them? Let's make some money off the situation. There's always got to be an, uh, what's in it for me. If I'm going to murder someone, at least I want to get a few bucks out of them. At least steal his wallet, I guess. That's what they're thinking. Well, Joseph had no money, so we'll, we'll sell his only value is his life. So, they, they did that. Twenty pieces of silver. Even Jesus got 30 pieces of silver. Judas betrayed him for them. When Reuben returned to the pit, apparently Reuben wasn't there when he was sold into slavery. And saw that Joseph was not there, he tore his clothes. When you tear your clothes, that is a sign of remorse. It's a sign of mourning. It's a sign something is wrong. So word gets out when the king or when someone tears their clothes. It's, it's breaking news. There's something terrible has happened. Tearing, tearing your clothes is like, you know, they didn't really have 911. You couldn't really call the police. Like you have something tragic has happened in your life. You're thinking, oh no, I'm going to tear my clothes and put sackcloth on and ashes over my head because I am now mourning this tragedy where is Joseph? I came back to get him. And he's gone. He's missing. Keep going here in your Bible. He went back to his brothers and said, The boy is gone. What am I going to do? So they took Joseph's robe, slaughtered a male goat, and dipped the robe in its blood. They sent the long-sleeved robe to their father and said, We found this. Examine it. Is it your son's robe or not? A big lie. That's what we see. They're lying to their father. They're they're breaking the ninth commandment. They're dishonoring their father. His father recognized it. Jacob recognized it. He says, it is my son's robe, he said. A vicious animal has devoured him. Joseph has been torn to pieces. Then Jacob tore his clothes, put sackcloth around his waist, and mourned for his son many days. All his sons and daughters tried to comfort him, but he refused to be comforted. No, he said, I will go down to Sheol to my son. Sheol is considered the place of the dead. This is where it's not hell. It's where in Old Testament times, it's described that you go and you to place of the dead. The concept of heaven and hell wasn't quite developed at this point, when you died, you went to Sheol. It's where dead people go. Who went to heaven? People who were righteous. People who were considered um, righteous and made right in the Lord's sight. That's how Old Testament salvation. If you live by the law, and even at this point, the law wasn't given. Remember how Abraham was saved? God declared him righteous. There was no law at this point. God looked at Abraham. He looked at his heart. He looked at Isaac and Jacob's heart and he declared them as righteous. These people love the Lord. God looks at our heart and he wants to see, do you love Jesus? Do you love Jesus more than this world? Do you love Jesus to the point you do not live in fear? Joseph, God is allowing these tragic, terrible events. He's stuck in a pit, but the Lord has a greater plan for him. Just like he has a greater plan for you. Just like for this church. You know, we are here amidst another shutdown. Our third shutdown now. Where the governor's asking churches to close. The coronavirus cases are at an all-time high. People are fearful in my men's discipleship group, one of the guys who goes to different grocery stores for his job, he said he went there, and they're totally out. He took a picture. The aisle had no toilet paper, no paper towels. Isn't that amazing? What, what do we turn to when a pandemic breaks out? We go buy toilet paper and paper towels and hand sanitizer and Clorox wipes. You can't get them anymore right now they're sold out and that shows in many ways our priorities but i think what we see here is jacob he's mourning this is his favorite son, and he says i'm gonna go to where he's at one day i will die soon he's already an older man and i will be with him i will go where he's going and his father wept for him. How tragic would it be to lose a child? Meanwhile, now this is the the, uh, the Lord working. We see the hand of God right here. Meanwhile, don't miss this. This is what we're going to end on. The Midianites, these are the traders that bought Joseph the caravan. Sold Joseph in Egypt. To Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh and the captain of the guards. Look at what happened. Joseph goes to check on his brothers, 17-year-old boy wearing his coat of many colors. He goes to Shechem. The man says, Your brothers now are in Dothan. So he keeps going farther and goes to Dothan. His brothers see him coming far off and say, Let's let's get him. Let's kill him. But they say let's not kill him. They threw him in a pit. Let's pull him out of that pit. Sell him for 20 shekels to these just caravan of folks they are going to Egypt. They have no clue what's going to happen. He's now a slave. And then he, they, he ends up in Egypt. He gets on the slave trading block. And then he, all of a sudden he's sold into Potiphar. Some, someone representing Potiphar's house purchases him. Who is Potiphar? Potiphar is the keeper of the guards. He runs the palace. Who's the palace of? It's for Pharaoh, the, the king of Egypt, the leader of this powerful nation. Joseph finds himself in the palace. He's now a slave, a 17-year-old boy, all of a sudden an extremely unique place. He went from being in this rural area, and this little family, poor family, with Jacob and his brothers, all of a sudden now he's in probably the wealthiest place in the known world at that point there in Cairo, Egypt, in in Pharaoh's household, in Potiphar's house. And I think what the principle we see here is just through a series of quick events, bam, 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 Joseph, not at his own choosing, but at God's working, finds himself in a position where the Lord's going to use him You know, Joseph spends most of his days in Egypt. Joseph was a devout Hebrew, but he lived in a foreign, pagan land. You know, maybe some of you, you are here in Lexington, but you grew up in the rural part of Kentucky, a part where the Bible, VBS was everywhere. Um, School started with prayer. It was, you drive down the road, there's uh, signs and crosses and scriptures And you walk in a store and you knew which church every single person went to. Regularly, people, outreach teams would come knock on your door inviting you to church. And all of a sudden, you were used to that environment in small town Kentucky, small town Alabama, small town Georgia where I I used to live. And you just, you kind of had this religious background. And now... You're in a bigger city, and it seems like Egypt. You look around and go, this is not what I'm used to. This is different. Many of you listening and watching, Lexington is Egypt for you. Your small town, rural areas, and you're in a community that seems so foreign from what you're used to. And I think the principle we're going to see about Joseph... This entire series. This is why I want you to stay with me. The next weeks and months ahead. We are going to see this man. This man, Joseph. A small town country boy. Being raised in Egypt. And God is mightily going to use him to save all his family from the famine. The Lord is going to move all the Hebrews. Joseph's and Israel's, Jacob's family. To Egypt. Setting up 400 years later for the great exodus and the revival. You think about it. Our country, since you know this coming Thursday's um, Thanksgiving, that was, what was that? 400 years ago. 400 years ago, 1420. Very first, that's when the, it was actually 400 years ago. Now, next year, 400. uh, 400 years ago for the first Thanksgiving. They landed in Plymouth Rock in the fall, the pilgrims did, of of, uh, 1620. Exactly 400 years ago now. What started with the pilgrims, a great revival could come from the coronavirus. What started with Joseph, 400 years later, will end with Moses and the Exodus and the great revival of leading my people, leading God's people into the promised land. We do not know the preparation that was made right here with the pilgrims in our country could absolutely be prepared for us for something 400 years ago today. Do you want revival in our, our nation Do you want to see folks saved here in our church? We're having an online church. We're not even able to meet in person. Well, we are. The governor asked us not to. We want to honor what he's saying. We're respectful. I believe you can have a powerful online worship service. I believe you can make the best of this situation. I believe the Lord can use you and where you're at online. I believe God has great things in store. I haven't given up on the church and on God's people. The Lord is still on his throne. Jesus is still mighty. And we as believers should be crying out and calling out to him. Asking him to move and work in our lives. I'm going to pray for you. I want to hear from you. Fill in our connection card. Support this church. Give your offering. You need to connect. You know, we hope to reopen in a few weeks. And we'll be back. And I hope to see you if you feel comfortable. Hopefully, we're praying for a cure. We're praying for people to be healed, for folks to stay safe. Found out today, someone else in our church family is diagnosed with COVID. So it's out there. We don't want to be a place that spreads it. We want to be safe. You want to use prudence. But not only that, We want to honor the Lord with our life. God has created us to worship Him. And even if you're worshiping Him online, I want to pray for you and I hope to hear from you. I want you to bow your head. Dear Jesus, I pray for those listening and watching tonight. I pray for the mighty work that you are doing here at Broadway Baptist Church and all through our city. Lord, the pilgrims came 400 years ago. Lord, you brought Joseph into Egypt and then 400 years later, came to exodus lord we are 400 years ready for a revival we're ready for our exodus here in america we're ready for you to move god i thank you that we have the freedom to worship even if it's online god i pray that we will have good attitudes this thanksgiving this week we will look for ministry opportunities to serve you god i thank you for your word and i pray you take these words and you seal them in our hearts Thank you for saving us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. I hope to see you here on Wednesday night for our Wednesday night Bible study next on the book of Mark. See you then.